Hi, my name is Farron, and you're listening to Hungry for Apples podcast. Please follow me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N, and check out my website, Farron.me. Grab an apple, enjoy the show. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Welcome back to Hungry for Apples with your host, Farron. I don't think there's any point in me addressing current events. I think that we're all pretty aware of what's going on. I am going to be pretty frank about... Who's frank? Why do I say frank? Anyhow, I'm going to say that I was planning on continuing to speak about self-mastery, but it doesn't feel like the right time for that right now when that's going to shift I don't know I don't think I'm going to be able to keep that off for very long because it is a huge part of what I offer you know so I'm just letting you know out there out there in podcast land so instead of continuing with that topic I'm going back to color. Now, way back in the land of 2020 pre-pandemic, I did an episode entitled Intro to Color. It's episode number 15. And before I get into the little topic for today, I'll just give a little bit of a recap. So that first episode, Intro to Color, was focused on the perception of color, how we as humans deal with it, see it, and experience it. One thing to keep in mind with color is that light is required. Without light, there's no color. And the different light types have their own spectrum. And then the light and the object that is on, that the color is on, also changes the perception of the color if the object is dense and so on. There's all kinds of things. Um, Something to keep in mind about the light source is that because they have individual spectrums, you will also have a different perception of the color within that spectrum. So, The different types of source of light would be things like LED and all the different kinds of light bulbs now because there's so many different kinds. There's also the sun, there's moon, there's fire. And like I said, the object that is reflecting the light that is the color. So this and the light, so the object and the light, and our opinion or relationship to the color also takes part in our perception of it. I find all of that really interesting because this makes the the relationship with color very personal. It's very individual, but it's also obviously related because we all as humans have you know, a certain makeup of the eye and we all have that, but there's 
ups and downs with rods and cones and some people have color blindness and all of that but there is this kind of inherent similarity and what most humans don't take into account is that they're also placing their opinion on that um i mean the easiest way to look at that would be with favorite colors if someone has the favorite color uh, that's a color that you hate that you really really dislike or you're very uncomfortable around the chances are pretty high that this might shift your opinion of that person if you're not careful so that's also a fun interesting task to um, pay attention to for now though for today I just want to talk a little bit about the color green which is ironically or not so my favorite color I think I probably said that in that original episode so if you think about it the color green is pretty readily available for most people obviously there are some environments that don't have so much green in them but it's still there. It's available in some way, shape, or form. Most people understand the color green. And I'm thinking a lot of times with this color, it is kind of taken for granted in a way. So people talk about nature and talking about getting outside and how nature feels so good to them and all of that, how the energy out there is nourishing to them. And now, while not all environments have green, most of the environments that I have had my experiences with have had a lot of green in them. So this is a huge part of whether or not I'm comfortable in a particular environment. But I'm not so sure people understand or attribute the color to that comfort. They're attributing it to the whole of nature. And I find that really interesting because it actually adds to our opinion and our experience. And we register that and we hold on to that connection as being comfortable. And then if you jump to color theory, the color green is often, how do I say this? not the most popular color out there as far as artists are concerned and that is because it is it has a tendency to kind of muddy things up sometimes if you're not careful if you understand mixing color that's what i mean and then for me personally i always found this really funny because i did get in trouble a lot i mean air quotes trouble what does trouble even mean it means the art teacher said something so so i did have a lot of things thrown at me when it came to the color green because I did go through printmaking and all kinds of painting and photography and there were times when the use of the color green was a bit excessive and my printmaking teacher used to come in and he was very funny Um, he called he called printmaking the boot camp of art and it It is, if you're actually doing it the way that it's taught in the old school way, which we were. And he would come into the studio and he he would see a speck of green somewhere and he would know that I was there. 
because he come in. Green gets everywhere. Green gets everywhere. And it's just one of those things where it is, I don't know how it happens, but it really just gets everywhere. And so, so it has a tendency to mud, muddy up paintings and stuff like that. It, it, when you mix it incorrectly, it can't, it's not something you can correct. You have to toss the color and start over, which, you know, sometimes isn't so awesome to do. As the artist, you know, people that can't just buy, a, you know, an unlimited amount of paint, you don't really want to throw that out. So people have a tendency to be very careful with their greens. And what I used to see was people didn't really understand the difference between using a transparency and an opaque. But that's totally besides the point here, except for our perception of what is comfortable has a tendency to be something that is more solid. And so I find that kind of interesting. So as far as green is concerned in healing, they always tend to kind of link it up with the heart chakra. And to me, that's interesting because this is technically a very dense area. It's an area that people take a lot of time to kind of get into the heart space. And it is an area that you have to kind of peel back a lot of layers in order to really get in there. And there's this thing with density and the color density and green. So here's what I'm getting at here. It's often connected with self-love and comfort, which is interesting because the, you know, when you go outside, everyone loves nature and it causes this kind of flashback of love for the self. But those are the plant colors, right? LED green is not comfortable. It does not supply the same kind of blanket of love. I know people want to apply that to it because they can really kind of, I don't know how, they, you can use LEDs in so many different ways, but I'm seeing this use of LED light applied to this area and it doesn't make sense to me. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm saying for me as a highly sensitive, highly energy sensitive person, there is a drastic difference between the green of nature, any kind of paint that I've used, and an LED light. They absolutely do not supply the same physical components of relaxation and connected, connection to the heart. There's, it just doesn't. And I would love to say that it does. I, would, I really want it to work but I think the LEDs need some kind of a filter over them or something, or I'm just very sensitive to color, which is highly possible that I just am connecting to 
a frequency that most other people won't have access to. So if you do some kind of color therapy and you let's say paint, but also use light as therapy, I want to hear from you because I want to know if those two things feel the same thing, feel the same to you. Because the other way of using color therapy would be to physically use the paint, the pigment of green, or go out into nature and be in the greenest place possible. <clears throat> Excuse me. To me, that's the makes the most sense in the way of applying green to the system. Now, that being said, I know that there are studies with headaches and a particular spectrum of green. And I'd be very curious to see how, like what that color actually is and, and how it's working because that is also very interesting because it's a different area, right? It's the head. And to me, the LED green does apply more to that area. And this might have a, a thing to do with the transparency or the combination of light that they use to create the green because it's not green, it's two other colors creating the green. So that also is a very interesting split because when I'm out in nature, yeah, absolutely, my heart is soothed. When I paint with green, my heart is soothed. But when I am sitting in a room with LED green light it is doing something to my crown area my my skull you know so that's interesting to me because I think that has to do with the difference in the density of the color and the experience of it so if you look at the history of green I just want to a couple of things here um it took a really long time to create a truly green pigment. In ancient Egypt, they used um, malachite and they tried painting the walls of tombs and stuff like that with malachite, but that wouldn't hold because, you know, it's a copper and that would start to turn colors on them. And then the Romans, they made their own version of green and I think it was just as questionable. It just wouldn't last. I mean, I'm sure they used it in their frescoes and their stained glass, but do we still have those to, um, to look at? Maybe in the museums. I just hadn't really thought about it. And then, of course, you know, green used to be a part of a social ranking. So after a while, certain people were starting to wear a particular green color, and that color happened to be made by poison. So then there was that situation with a bunch of people, you know, dying from wearing a particular fabric or having a particular wallpaper or toys. Children's toys were painted with this green. What did they call it? Is Paris green, I believe is what it called it. It, yeah, it was Paris green. It was basically an arson kind of thing, arsenite. And, um, Lots of painters ended up with this paint. Let's see, the um, Impressionists, the time, it was the time frame of the Impressionists. So think about that. Monet, Cezanne, Renoir, all of them had this very, very toxic paint. 
And of course, there's probably theories about whether or not the toxicity of the pigments that they were using um, took part in how they passed away. So the reasons these colors were being used, especially in Egypt, is because of the renewal aspect, the spring green, right? The, the renewal, the rebirth. So that's why it ended up being the whole, the whole thing connected to being green, like an environmentalist. That started to break off into politics and all that. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there because there's probably a lot of um, advertising that uses the color green so that they look more green to you. And I just think that's really interesting too because they're taking advantage of the assumption that that you will subconsciously attribute green to healthier and a more green life, which is, you know, I guess we do do that, but not necessarily on the potato chips. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so what I'm getting at here is color has a, a lot of, there's a lot involved in our perception of it. And if you're into the idea of what they call chromiotherapy, I really suggest that you take time alone with these colors that you're using to heal yourself and see if you actually feel a connection as they've been designated. It's possible you might need to create a different light source, right? So if you're projecting the light versus lighting an object that's green or painting your room green, this is a very different situation. I don't know why these things are getting overlapped because projected light, like I was saying with the LEDs, it's a combination of effects. And when a solid is the color, it is going to be more soothing to you no matter what. This is because the density of the object is comfort comforting to the physical body. Now, as far as the mind is concerned and your energy body, that's where the light comes in. But if you have high anxiety, I would suggest working with color objects over light. But I'll get into that when we get to blue. So for now, I recommend that if you're interested in color, you take some time and really look at color. Look at the different shades, the different variants that you can find, the different sources of light and the different sources of the, of the object. Different densities of the object are going to project back different light, and this has to do with... Well, you can look. You can listen back to the intro one, um, episode number fifteen. Another thing that's really interesting about this color, I just wanted to add this one last idea, is the color green has been also revered as this really holy color. Now, not in all religions, but if you look earlier, it is a very special reverence that is added to the color green. 
And I have to point out that this is because of the connection to the earth and the early, early peoples had this inherent connection and it definitely fed into early civilization. This is part and parcel to being a, a human on the planet, on the earth. And this is why I feel like it's so wonderful that we can be out in nature, but also create the color at home to deal with it in another another setting. This way you can really get a full the full spectrum of it not just what you see not just what you think you feel when you see it when your opinions start to come in and all of that but how you actually energetically connect with the color this might surprise you in some way shape or form and if it does email me I want to hear about it hungryforapplespodcast at gmail.com If you have a suggestion on a color that you want to hear about, please let me know. Same email. And if you have questions about self-mastery, I also want you to email me. It will help me keep the podcast in order as I resituate how I'm presenting things. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate all of the support and all of the time you spend listening to this podcast. I genuinely understand that you have a thousand, a thousand, a bazillion other podcasts to choose from. So thank you for choosing Hungry for Apples podcast. All right, that's the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. Email me. Take care. All right, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider a small donation over at patreon.com backslash Farron and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N. Or if you have any questions, check out my website, Farron.me. You can contact me there. You can see my class schedule and upcoming events. Again, you've been listening to Hungry for Apples with your host, Farron. I'm just feeling it out. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.